This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with M. Dunphy. Now in the United States on Tuesday, a terrible incident happened in a small town, Uvalde in Texas. 19 children and two teachers were murdered by a lone gunman, a 18-year-old Salvador Ramos. This was followed by another tragic death. One of the teachers who died Irma Garcia left behind her husband, Joe, and four daughters. The following day, Joe Garcia died of a heart attack. So there are four orphaned children as part of this dreadful story, which has really resonated around the world, as many other American stories of this nature do. And we're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanish. Niall is associate editor of the Hill newspaper and White House columnist for that paper. Niall, we can think back to Sandy Hook in 2012. This was on Barack Obama's watch, another terrible incident that has not really been erased from the American psyche. And what we witnessed in Texas on Tuesday will take a long time as well to forget. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just on a human level, the horror of what happened in Texas is uh, is just appalling. And it's it's difficult even as a, a journalist or as anyone else to not to get um, emotional talking about the horrors of that. Of course, in recent days, we're learning more about the children who were killed here and, and you, you learn about their interests and what games they like to play or what they liked in school um, and it's just horrific um, you mentioned also the additional death of Joe Garcia um, which as you pointed out leaves there four children without any parents and then there are the uh, additional um, people who clearly went through experiences so traumatic that it will scar them for life. Uh, in one instance, for example, an aunt of a young girl who was a student talked about that girl playing dead um, to survive. She did survive. She yes. used the blood of her friend, apparently, to 
smear herself with blood to make her plain dead more convincing. And that young girl, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Mia Cirillo, is 11 years old. Yes. Uh, what do you say about that? I don't know. And the gunman, Salvador Ramos, is 18 years of age. Mm. He went in with a rifle. The first thing we should say is that he was in that school for an hour. Mm. And there were 150 police outside for that hour or roughly. There was one designated full-time police officer armed guarding the school, as many schools in America have to be now guarded. There is some suggestion that the police were not proactive enough. It seems a long time to allow a gunman who's 18 years of age to stay unencumbered in that environment. In fact, some parents tried to get in, and one woman was handcuffed by the police to stop her getting in to save her own child. Yes, this is another appalling element in this whole tragedy. And details about this part of the story are very much still emerging. There is, for a start, skepticism fueled by the fact that the police's story has changed quite considerably as to what happened. Initially, it seemed like they said the shooter either was in an exchange of fire with someone or was confronted with someone, by someone rather. They have now changed that uh, element in the story. But this hour-long gap when the shooter, killer, was apparently in the school uh, is obviously a topic or a subject of a lot of focus. You had seemingly at that time a number of parents in massive distress, as one can imagine, outside the school urging police in. And from the reports we're getting right now, it does not appear that the police did go in for some time. Now, we don't know the absolutely... Uh, the, the the grim minute by minute thing of exactly when were these children all killed within the first few minutes or was that over that hour long period when police were on the scene but not intervening apparently uh, there are things that we don't know but certainly that whole controversial element has sparked calls for more of an inquiry into exactly what happened yes and the the gunman Ramos had time to text a girlfriend to tell her what he was going to do. He also had assault rifles, too, Mm -hmm. that he'd bought for his 18th birthday. Now, in the United States and in Texas, I imagine, you can't buy a drink when you're 18, can you? You can't buy a drink, in fact, until you're 21, if if I've got that right. Yet you can buy an assault rifle once you've passed the age of 18. Yes, I mean, that is right. I don't know if the if the drinking laws change from state to state, but the point is that in Texas, this um, gunman, in purchasing two uh, assault-style rifles within days of turning 18, did nothing illegal in that regard. That is permissible in Texas. That obviously has engendered a lot of questions as to whether it is sensible or even remotely defensible to have 18-year-olds buying uh, assault weapons or assault-style weapons. 
Um, as you know, Eamon, the gun culture is very deeply embedded here, especially in more um, rural states, especially among more conservative uh, people. And that has consequences. And one of those consequences is if you're 18 in Texas, you can go and buy what would, to your eyes, just seem a military-grade weapon. Yes, and it's Article 2 of the American Constitution. It gives people the right to bear arms. And I saw one woman interviewed who was grief-stricken, but when she was asked about the wisdom of allowing people to own guns, she said, we have to own them. And I'm quoting her, we have to own them. Otherwise, how could we protect ourselves from the government? Now, that's something that runs deep in the American psyche, isn't it? I mean, in a way, I mean, there was a horrible example of this kind of thing in Dunblane in Scotland Mm. about 12 years ago. New laws came in. Australia also had its own experience. New laws came in that were very strict. And the same happened recently in New Zealand when a mosque was attacked. Many people died and new laws came in. And these laws appear to have worked. But in America... It's not really that simple, is it? It's not because of the Second Amendment. Now, the the Second Amendment, I mean, there is debate about exactly what it means. It calls the right of the people to keep and bear arms. It says it shall not be infringed, but it conditions that in all sorts of language of the era about the need for a well-regulated militia. In any event, the point is that the Second Amendment has typically been taken to block the kind of sweeping actions you're referring to in Dunblane or Australia uh, after mass shootings there. Um, The distrust of government does go deep. I mean, there is not, for example, a national registry of everyone who owns a gun in this country. And one of the reasons there isn't a national registry is that gun rights groups and and some gun owners fear that that would then be used as a tool by the government to take their guns away. Um, So you have that uh, as one element of this picture. You have another element, which is the uh, wide-scale refusal of Republican politicians to countenance even rather modest gun reforms. And, of course, you have the uh, influence not only of the NRA, the National Rifle Association, because it's actually endured its fair share of internal troubles in recent years, but you have the gun lobby more broadly, uh, other groups that purport to represent gun owners, as well, of course, as gun manufacturers who naturally make a vast amount of money from all of these arms sales. Yeah, the National Rifle Association is believed to be the strongest lobby in Washington, and that's been the way for a very long time. In fact, they're having their annual one of their annual rallies this weekend. It's a family weekend, they call it. Two of the speakers are interesting. Ted Cruz, who is a senator from Texas and a Trump acolyte, and Donald Trump himself is also going to be speaking. And there's another interesting figure. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has also been out over the past few days. Abbott is a strong, conservative Republican 
who also likes Donald Trump as well. Mm. So that's all correct. I can bring you, though, some breaking news in that respect, in that uh, Greg Abbott, who is, as you say, a very fervent supporter of gun rights, has now announced that he won't be going to that convention in person, although he still will be delivering pre-recorded remarks. Uh, Senator Cruz and the former president, Mr. Trump, are, as far as we know, as of as of now, I'm speaking with you Friday morning, uh, are intending to go to this event in Houston. That in itself is, of course, hugely controversial. And uh, nonetheless, they clearly feel, politically speaking, that demonstrating their fealty to the cause of gun owners and what is termed gun rights uh, is is important. The NRA, Eamon, I, I should say, uh, though it has uh, encountered financial troubles and all sorts of internal eruptions in the past couple of years, back in 2016, which was obviously Donald Trump's first run for the presidency, the NRA spent in the order of $30 million dollars uh, Some of it, of course, for outside groups. You can't just give $30 million to someone's campaign, but spent around $30 million in support of Mr. Trump's election. Yes. Now, this community, Uvalde, is a small town, population 16,000 people, and it appears from the names of the casualties, most of these people are Latinos. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the sons, daughters of immigrants, or maybe even immigrants themselves. Yes, uh, in in some cases that's true. It's a the the area of Texas that this is 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 comparatively close to the border with Mexico. There will certainly be an immigrant uh, population. That area of Texas is also uh, you know an area in which um, Latino or Hispanic people have have lived for generations. So you know there will be a combination yes. of of that, but certainly. Uh, people of uh, Latino heritage, as indeed the, the shooter would appear to be. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now, Washington is where the politics of this plays out. And there was an interesting development, I think, in the last 24 hours. Mitch McConnell, who is the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, now former majority leader, now minority leader, he has hinted that he is open to reform and he has begun talking to Kirsten Sinema, who is a Democratic senator who resisted Joe Biden on a number of occasions. Is McConnell playing politics or is the horror of this latest shooting, which comes, I think we we, oh, we began our program last week by talking about Buffalo in New York now, where there was an openly racist slaughter of people as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, 10 people were killed in, in Buffalo um, less than two weeks ago. As for Mitch McConnell, it seems to me that he is being very cautious about what exactly he's proposing. He is at least trying to suggest an openness to something. What that thing is isn't terribly clear. So, for example, when he was making his remarks, uh, mentioning this, that he was sort of starting and encouraging others to start talks with some Democratic senators, he was talking about solutions that would be, and I'm quoting here, crafted to meet this particular problem or directly related to the facts of this awful massacre. That, to me, seems to suggest he could be alluding to things like um, school security or the provision of mental health care, for example. And I'm not um, disparaging. I mean, obviously, those things are important, but they tend to be issues that Republicans are more comfortable talking about and backing than anything relating to gun reform. And of course, the point, Eamon, is that other countries, Britain, Ireland, Germany, I mean, everywhere has mental health uh, concerns or issues around the provision of mental health. They don't have the astronomical uh, death rate from shootings that the United States does. The US per capita rate of gun fatalities is roughly 10 times most nations in Western Europe. So, yeah, I have, two, I have two facts here. Mm. There have been 200 mass shootings in the United States this year, and we're just in May, and 110 people a day die by gunfire in the United States as well. One of the reforms that is broached, Niall, when this issue arises is background checks. Mm -hmm. So if you go in to buy a weapon, particularly these rifles, assault rifles, and you're young or whatever age you are, 
they have to do a background check. They won't even move on that, which seems to me extraordinary. seems to all of us in Europe to be extraordinary, but we have to understand Europe is not America. Right, right. And I think the background checks one is an interesting issue because it, it, it demonstrates the kind of weird and rather large loopholes that are in um, gun laws in this country. The law is that if you buy a uh, weapon from a licensed firearms dealer, you undergo a background check. But if you buy a weapon in a private sale or from someone who isn't a dealer, uh, you don't. Uh, those are yeah. considered private private sales. The consequence of that is that they estimate around uh, 20% of firearms purchased in this country uh, are, don't involve any background checks at all. And the public support for changing that, for making background checks universal, is overwhelming, actually, even among Republican voters. Last year, there was a poll done, said uh, around 84% of Republicans supported universal background checks. But that has not uh, been made manifest on Capitol Hill yet. So uh, we will have to wait and see what happens. I mean, Obama wasn't able to get any legislation on the books in 2012, when, of course, Joe Biden was his vice president. And Biden could be seen this week, obviously being sincere, but totally impotent. I mean, somebody suggesting he could do an executive order, which means he can bypass House and Senate. But there isn't an executive order that could solve this problem, is there? There, there isn't, no. And, no. and it would be an improper use of it, wouldn't it? It, it would for, uh, you know, in, in many of the more expansive uses of it would certainly face court challenge. And of course, even in the United States Senate, which is split 50-50, legislation on an issue like gun control requires a 60-vote supermajority. So, you know, even if Democrats held their own party yeah. completely together, they would need to peel off 10 Republicans, and I am uh, sceptical that that will happen. Now, Niall, this, of course, is a huge political issue. The midterm elections are coming up, and the former president, as you describe him, Donald Trump, will be at the National Rifle Association's family weekend this week, and of course, all politicians will seek to use this. His attempt to influence who stands in the midterm elections by backing people in primaries has had mixed success and failure as we approach these elections. And this week he had another miss, didn't he? Quite a spectacular one. He did in the state of Georgia, which has been a very vexing state for Trump. He lost Georgia narrowly in 2020 to President Biden. He was outraged about that and made a number of efforts to get Republican officials in Georgia to overturn that result. To their credit, those officials resisted that attempt. And then Trump tried to oust them by backing challengers. And I'm talking here primarily of two people in Georgia, the sitting governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, and the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Both of those men, Kemp and Raffensperger, won their Republican primaries on Tuesday 
with relative ease, absolute ease in Kemp's case. He defeated Trump's choice, a former senator by the name of David Perdue, by around 50 points. Um, Brad Raffensperger had a slightly tougher time of it, but uh, still was a fairly handy winner over a member of Congress, Judy Heiss. And so uh, those were sizable rebukes uh, to the former president by Republican voters. I unexpected in the scale of the rebuke, I must say. I didn't, I mean, I thought that Kemp was predicted to win by in polls. Raffensperger was perceived to be in more peril, but certainly uh, very emphatic rejections of the Trump choice in both those races. Now, also this week, the House committee that is investigating the events of January the 6th and the uprising there, there was more evidence produced that doesn't reflect well on Mr. Trump, evidence that when the insurrectionists were chanting, hang Mike Pence, Trump was sitting in the Oval Office and when told about this, he was he approved. Well, that's of the idea of of hanging that's the vice the, president. That's have I given a garbled version of it? Uh, no, that's more or less the version of it. Now, this comes to the January the sixth committee through seemingly an aide to Mark Meadows, who was then the White House chief of staff, and someone else who has not been publicly named. And the story goes that Meadows emerged from talking to Trump during that time. Um, when, as you say, people were famously chanting, hang Mike Pence. And Meadows is alleged to have said to people that Trump had said, well, maybe he should be hanged, Um, which is uh, just a remarkable thing um, for, obviously, for any president to say about any public official, least of all their own vice president. Um, I think one of the reasons it's got such coverage is that it seems quite characteristic of the Donald's mindset to be something that he at least could say, and it's uh, another fact that the January 6th committee is looking into. And of course, uh, Mr. Pence had been slavishly loyal Mm. to the Donald up to the moment where he had to conform with his constitutional role in rubber stamping the result of the election. In that context, Niall, bookmakers here who are speculating or or betting on the outcome or who will be the next president of the United States, in fact. Donald Trump is odds on. They think he's going to be the next president of the United States. And many political observers of the United States think that a man who tried to stage a coup, who seemed to approve of a hanging of his vice of his vice president and is facing various other matters in the courts is going to be back in the white house at a time of great peril given what's happened to russia or between russia and ukraine and indeed what might well happen between china and taiwan Trump certainly has a puncher's chance, as they say, of becoming president again. He is clearly the favorite to be the Republican nominee if he wants it. And I say that despite these blips like the rebukes he received in Georgia this week. When Republican voters are polled on who their preferred nominee would be, he wins by a significant distance. Now, I have always said, I think, when this topic comes up, I mean, the, the complication for Trump is that he's just he's not very popular with the broader 
population. And that's the thing that would uh, stop me um, running down to uh, Paddy Power or whoever is yeah. offering those odds to put a lot of money on him winning. But I would say right now he has a 50-50 chance. So I suppose those odds, those bookies' odds are accurate. And uh, it would be, of course, uh, a remarkable turn of events, given that, particularly in the immediate wake of the January the 6th um, riot insurrection um that you know most people i think thought that that was finally after four years of bridge too far and that he would be pushed toward the margins of american political life that very clearly has not happened and just a final thought the sky correspondent in the united states went to uvalde to do his report for sky and he encountered senator ted cruz mm. who attacked him with venom Mm. And uh, it, it made a bit of a story for Sky. It was rather nasty. But Ted Cruz is rather nasty as well. And he, at some stage, may well be a Republican nominee for, for the presidency as well. He'd certainly consider himself to be a runner. He would, absolutely. And he did contest the uh, 2016 nomination was defeated did, on that yeah. occasion by, by uh, Donald Trump. He would certainly be a runner. Um, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, would be a potential runner. There's some suggestion of Mike Pompeo, who, of course, served in the Trump administration. Um, I think the big picture point, Eamon, which I, I think you're actually um, getting at in your question, is that in the these people that we're listing are fairly Trumpian characters. They are representative yeah. of the Trump strain in the Republican Party, broadly speaking. And the more um, moderate tendency, maybe that you or I might remember going back to the elder George H.W. Bush, that, yes. that strand of the Republican Party is in retreat, I think, and has been for some years now. Yeah, and it ain't coming back anytime soon. I don't think so, no. Okay, Niall, thank you very much for joining us uh, from Washington. We're very grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.